really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth, the podcast that offers news, results, predictions, and much more each and every week. As always, I am David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows as much rugby as I can all over the world. You are listening to the Scrum of the Earth. We are a weekly podcast with an ever-increasing number of bonus episodes. In fact, it appears you have stumbled upon one right here. So today's bonus app is an interview with a fellow potter and a fellow fan of Scottish rugby who has agreed to look ahead to the United Rugby Championship, which is right around the corner, and also to Scotland's Autumn Internationals, which begin at the end of October. So for the sake of brevity, I'm going to skip all the usual admin stuff, except to say that I am at of Scrum. Please get in touch. And for now, enjoy another great guest. Okay. As a fan of all things Scottish rugby, I am incredibly excited to welcome my latest guest, one of the hosts of the Scottish Rugby Blog podcast. Uh, the pod tends to have a, a bit of a rotating cast, is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I would say so, yeah. There's about six of us all together, so it's whoever's available. <laughs> <laughs> all on hands on deck, I guess. So, well, if you are a fan of their pod, as I am, you will have instantly recognize that voice as belonging to Mr. Johnny McGinty. Uh, Please tell me for clarity, are, are we still using the Scottish Rugby blog podcast or I think the word blog has disappeared in the, the recent sort of rebranding. What's our official nomenclature? Uh, yeah, if we're going to go by the full Sunday name, it's the Scottish Rugby podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby blog. Oh. Which uh, which was hilarious a couple of weeks ago, actually, because the, uh, the SRU's one, which is called the official Scottish Rugby podcast, uh, they had Finn Russell on. And people who were just doing a sort of cursory search through Spotify to find it found us instead of them. So we had a, a big spike in listeners excited to hear Finn <laughs> Russell and, and hearing me instead. So, well, it's it's funny too because I think you guys got rid of the word blog from the new graphic, and the the official Scottish Rugby podcast doesn't have the word official on it anymore. So they both sort of say the same thing, even though anyway, I think people can figure it out. I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're expected to hear Al Kelly and Finn Russell and you hear me and Cami, then you know you're in the right place or the wrong place, depending on your point of view. <laughs> People can listen to both. I managed to. <laughs> so, Johnny, I am really excited to have you on the Scrum of the Earth. I have been a listener of your pod uh, for you guys for quite some time now. I'm really glad you managed to carve out some time to chat. I really appreciate it. Um, we were talking just before we got going. Uh, it looks like you're doing the same take some time to get the kids to bed. <laughs> the thing that I'm up to these days, my, my son just started kindergarten. So that's a, a nightly ritual. Yep, no, that's the same here. We're, um, our oldest has just started uh, primary school, what you guys would call elementary. So um, it's all, all a bit, bit of change around here the last few weeks, but we're, we're getting into the swing of it. So are, are they masking in school right now? Uh, no, not here. Uh, uh, adults are, but not kids. Interesting. Yeah, never in a million years did I picture this is what kindergarten would look like for my son, that's for sure. So are you, are you guys masks for the kids yep. as well? Yep, everybody, okay. uh, everybody inside, you know, all faculty, staff, and students, all masks inside. Um, when they're outside, they don't have to. Um, anyway, yeah, who, know, who knows? <laughs> uh, so, so far, so good. Um, there was a, a scared, like, literally a couple days before his first class, there was a, oh, we got to check something. And uh, so it, it turns out it was all right. 
So when I was uh, getting ready for this, I, I did some quick research to see if I could find out anything surprising about you that I could sort of spring on you. And I was <laughs> and I was completely unsuccessful. Sorry about that. <laughs> so I like to keep myself anonymous. <laughs> yeah, pretty under the radar. I was kind of, it was surprising. Um, but I did uh, find a surprise for myself, actually. So I found an article on Rugby Pass that featured you for their tweet of the week. Do you remember that one? Do you recall that tweet? Uh, I remember being featured, but I don't remember what the tweet was. I think I, I assume it was probably something derogatory about an All Black, though. <laughs> no, no, no. It was uh, right at the beginning of the All Blacks tour. It was right after uh, Alan Wynne Jones went out with the injury and everyone thought he was going to be gone for the series. And Ah, uh, uh, The Undertaker. Yeah, and you said rugby needs more storylines. So how about this? The test series is drawn one-to-one -one just before the anthems. In the third test, all the lights go off. The Undertaker's music starts. Flames erupt, and suddenly AWJ is standing at the head of the team to lead the Lions to victory. So what I loved about this was, at the time, we all thought he was definitely out for the series. So your tweet was actually fairly prescient. I mean, uh, except for the music, you, you kind of nailed it, right? <laughs> yeah, um, so that was actually the morning after the, the Lions-Japan game at Murrayfield, which I was at. Oh, um, wow. And, and so I don't know if I was maybe still feeling the effects of, of being at the game the day before, but I thought, you know, that would be pretty funny. So <laughs> I'll stick that up, see what happens. It got, who, their, who it, it got their attention, that's for sure. Um, okay, I, I want to start by, we're going to talk about the United Rugby Championship. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, at some point this year, in print, somebody's going to put the untied rugby championship by mistake. It's, it's going to happen. 100%. I guarantee it. People um, have already started calling it the ultimate rugby championship, which is a, it's a better name, but it's not what they're going for. So. It definitely sounds like there would be more fighting involved. I don't yes. know. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you about the, the rivalry between the two Scottish teams in the United Rugby Championship. So I see it play out on your pod in particular, but it's hard for me to gauge, you know, how much of that is for fun? How much of that is genuine fan animosity? Oh, fanimosity. I just came up with a new word. Uh, but I'm legitimately curious, like, how important is that rivalry between the two clubs? And does it go away as soon as it's time for an international test? Uh, yes, it does. Um, it's pretty much 100% sort of good natured ribbing. Uh, it's a lot easier from our side, obviously, because Glasgow are usually the better ones. So um, unless you ask an Edinburgh fan, in which case they're the better ones. Mm -hmm. But um, no, there, there's no sort of, there's no genuine beef at all I think you know we like to see Edinburgh do well unless they're playing Glasgow Edinburgh fans like to see Glasgow do well unless we're playing them ideally both clubs are doing well if both clubs are doing well Scotland are doing well so yeah good point we, we do like to wait we like to wind each other up but um no at the end of the day there's no no bad feeling at all really between the teams so. so Glasgow so doesn't it feel like it was 17 million years ago that they were in the Pro 14 final like I, w I was looking back because I had to remind myself it was only 2018 to 19. I yep. guess the fact that it was all pre-COVID just makes it seem like ancient history, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was the last final with crowd. Oh, yeah. Um, so it feels like a really, really long time ago. Um, and honestly, Glasgow's post-pandemic results haven't been great. So, so being a team that was in the final the, the year before that all kicked off does feel feel pretty distant. <laughs> yeah, it feels like an entirely different era. So yeah. uh, leading into this new season, so where do you see both these clubs? Uh, the, the narrative, it seems like people are trying to sort of shoehorn a narrative. Like you mentioned, right after that final, it seemed like Glasgow were kind of heading, heading downward a little bit and Edinburgh maybe going the other way. 
but then, you know, a lot of people left Edinburgh this last season, including Duhan. But where do you see these teams right now anyway? Quite rarely for the Scottish teams, both on the way up, I think. Um, oh. it, it tends to be quite cyclical in Scotland, the way it works, obviously, with the funders of the SRU and things. There's a lot of people on both sides who suggest that the SRU only funds one team at a time, so we only have one good team at a time. Um, <laughs> there's even more people who suggest that that's Edinburgh about 85% of the time. <laughs> but uh, obviously, we've been in two finals in the last few years and they've been in none, so that doesn't really hold up very well. It's true. Um, the, the only other time Glasgow was in the final, Leinster also kicked their butts that year too, eh? Um, excuse me, we won a final, thank you very much, in 2014. Really? Oh, yeah, I've, we lived, we... I've lived right over it. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, mean... um, I think we're, we're, it's rare for us to both be going up. We obviously had, uh, would it be 2018, 2019, that we were both in the, the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup was probably the last time that we had, we had two good pro teams. But Edinburgh now they've got Mike Blair and seems to be spreading the ball about a bit more. Um, Glasgow have brought some serious firepower into the backs, so we'll be back to our sort of usual chuck it about from anywhere else. And and they've both <laughs> looked pretty promising so far, so we'll see if that holds up as we get to the actual league. Though. So w- with this new format that they've got for the the refurbished used to be Pro 14, it looks like the two Scottish clubs are going to play each other home and away, and then another two times. And I think that's might even still be to be determined. But it looks like so 14 out of the 18 rounds are going to be these two teams. So do you think that's good for the league? Is that good for the rivalry? Is it good for Scotland? Could there be too well, much? We good- have, um, we have, we've got Edinburgh home and away. And then we've got uh, the two Italian teams home and away as well. Because our, although all the, all the other conferences are one country, we've got two countries in our conference. Um, right, so right. we get... We, we don't get twice as many, well, we do get twice as many games against Edinburgh as a lot of other people do, but we don't get four times as many, which I would have liked, but it gets a bit repetitive. Um, the start of, of uh, sort of Rainbow Cup time, the first few games after the end of the pandemic and stuff, I think we played Edinburgh about six or eight times on the bounce, and it did get pretty dull after a while. <laughs> so um, so we have got, we've got at least two. I think we will probably get three in the end against Edinburgh because we've got the 1872 Cup to decide. So we need, a, we need an odd number of games for that. Oh, right, right. And then the other one will be an Italian team. Okay. Yeah, so we get Benetton twice and Zebra twice. Uh, and then Edinburgh twice in the sort of first batch of fixtures. Uh, Rainbow Cup champs, Benetton. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's just pretended that didn't happen. Yeah, everyone's been just, uh, as soon as they want, like heading into it, they said, oh, they don't have a chance. And then they won and everyone said, eh, it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it was a weird one because we didn't really know how everybody was treating it. The, the Rainbow Cup wasn't very well planned and organized, I don't think. And obviously they're doing it all on the hoof and, yeah. and the, the South African teams were in and out and in again. But Leinster didn't play their full team, full first team at all, I don't think. Right. Uh, Benetton played their full board team almost every game. Some some teams did half and half. So I actually thought Benetton did really well to, to win it. I thought it was really impressive and they were consistently great the whole way through. But, yeah, they, they always say you can only play the teams that are in front of you, so... Exactly, yeah. So looking at Glasgow this year, I was just kind of looking through their roster again. There's so many great players on that team. I've always loved George Horn. I just, I'm a sucker for the, the sort of little guy who plays super tough at a tough position. It just seems super hard-nosed. Um, I loved watching Ollie Kebble last year. 
Uh, can you I give love- us? He's so good. And so, can you give us your Johnny McGinty players to watch for this coming year? Uh, yeah, Ollie Kebble would be fairly high up my list. Not so slim shady, I used to call him when he had his boots <laughs> on. Um, Chunky shady. It's great. Yep. <laughs> um, Tom Gordon is fantastic. Really good player. Really combative back row player. Incredible hair. Does great interviews. Just is like the all-round package. Um, Rory Darge, who we just brought over from Edinburgh, another back rower who's really, really good. And Obviously, some of the backs we've brought in are phenomenal. Josh McKay, who's about to arrive from the Highlanders, is an incredible player. So, oh, that's right, him. that's right. So, what about a like a surprise pick? There maybe an under the radar player who you just kind of have a sneaky feeling they might make a mark this year. Uh, I like Tom Lambert in the front row. Okay, he's a he's really he's a really interesting player. How old is he? Uh, not very. Twenty twenty one, I think. Wow. So yeah, he's he's interesting. Um, I think Tom Gordon will make a make the leap up to being an international player this year. He certainly should be based on his last few performances. Oh. So look out for him. I think probably in the, the wider Six Nations training squad, I'd expect to see him. Oh, okay, okay. I will mark that down. So uh, one question about Edinburgh while we're here too. I need to know this from an expert because it's hard for me to see what I'm watching. Pierre Skuman, is he yeah. good? Is he good? I, I worry sometimes he's just kind of a walking penalty, but he's just so, he's such a unique character and he seems to have these physical skills that just normal humans don't have. Where should I be? He seems nailed on for the, uh, for the next round of internationals. Where do you stand on him? Explain him to me. Yeah, we, we'll almost certainly cap him. And um, front row dark arts is not really my thing. Um, from the eye test, I think he's quite impressive. I'll, I've always remembered him and WP Nell playing I'm sure it was against Montpellier where Edinburgh were in the were good for the quarterfinals of the Champions Cup. And him and WP Nell, Montpellier had um two Georgian props starting and uh Scumi and WP had them on roller skates for like 50 minutes. So they yanked these two Georgians, they put on two Springbok props and uh Scumi and WP just did the same thing to them. And I was just like wow okay. Oh wow if you okay. could, like if you can handle, first of all, two Georgians and then two South Africans, like you must be doing something right. <laughs> um, and Craig from our pod, who is a big old school prop, uh, loves his hashtag prop love. He is absolutely besotted with Pierre Schumann. Okay. So, um, he's, a, he's the real expert and, and he's a big fan. So that's, that's good enough for me. Okay. Yeah, that, that's good news. I, I, I'd be scared to meet that guy in real life. I feel like each thigh is the size of my entire torso. Shubi, I've met him, and he's actually really, really lovely. <laughs> he does seem like a really charming guy, actually, yeah. Um, okay, the big question, obviously. In the end, who is going to be better this year, your Glasgow team or Edinburgh? I think Glasgow. I think is, that, is it just a, home, a homer pick? Or, uh, is it a homer pick or, uh, you know, an expert analysis pick? Um, a bit of both. I think we, you know, we're, we're a year more settled than them. We've had Danny Wilson for a year now, whereas they've just got Mike Blair in as their new head coach. They have lost some huge players. We've lost Adam, obviously, Adam Hastings. Um, but we've kind of kept the core of our team together. Other than that, Ross Thompson is a more than adequate replacement. And we've got Meatball back, um, whereas you know, Rory Sutherland in particular is a huge. I mean, everyone's looking at, at Duhan, obviously, leave at Edinburgh, but Rory Sutherland... Sure. I think it's a massive loss for them. So they've got a couple of key places to replace. I think they will still be good, but I think a, a 
a year of being more settled in the system should make a difference for Glasgow. That's what I hope. You know, I forgot to write it down, but what I wanted to ask too, this season with these new South African teams, what if the South African teams are really, really good and kind of make the other teams look less good? Is that going to, is it going to turn out to sort of backfire for the league? I hope not. I would, I would expect that what's going to happen is that the, re- the other four unions have got to pull their socks up and think, you know, we have to compete with these teams now. Um, mm. Whether that is, in Scotland's case, increasing the funding, making more players available. Um, likewise with the Italians. You know, the two Italian teams are probably not quite as good as, as Scotland in going out and finding players, which is one thing that we've always been really good at. Mm. Um, I don't think that any of them will give Leinster too much trouble, but I would expect the IRFU to to want to get all four of their teams to the level of Leinster. Um, I hope that there's not a massive jump, but I do expect the South African teams to come in and be good, and I expect everyone to kind of raise their game. That's what, hopefully. Sort of a steel sharpened steel, is that kind of thing? Exactly, yeah. So uh, back on track, um, back to the two Scottish teams. Do either of those teams make the quarterfinals this year? Do either of them make a semifinal? Of the URC or of... Of the URC. One of them almost certainly will make the quarters, I would hope. I don't see an Italian team top at our division. I might end up eating my words on that. Um, As far as the semi-finals go, we'll see. That'll come down to the draw. I think if we get get to a quarterfinal and we get Leinster, then we're probably out of luck. But I think, I mean, the majority of the URC teams we've seen recently that, that the Scottish teams can handle them on their day. Um, and obviously having our, our test players available for, in theory, all of the games should make a huge difference. For sure. Okay, so looking ahead to the Autumn Internationals, which I'm pretty excited about. So I noticed uh, the entire URC shuts down for that four-week window where they've scheduled these tests. I was surprised by that. I thought there's usually some overlap where clubs are sort of missing some of their best players, but it, not this year. Is that, is that a change or yeah. am I imagining it? No, that is a change. And that was, that was, along with the divisional setup, that was the big selling point when they launched the URC. Okay. Is that they, they are not going to clash with the test windows so that teams can have their best squads available for all the games, which is a, is a massive difference maker for the league, I think, because go out on a, a Friday night in the middle of the autumn test window to watch Glasgow's Academy play Dragons Academy is a singularly unpleasant experience. <laughs> so the, the idea of being able to get the test players available for all the games, I think, is a, it's a potentially a game changer. I think for me, it's, it's my favourite thing about this new format. That is pretty great. It's funny. Somehow in the, all the ads running up, I didn't quite catch that aspect until I just was staring hard at the schedule. Um, in any case, Scotland do have a robust test schedule starting at the end of October. I'm really looking forward to it. So how about you? Are you already getting excited or is it too early? No, I'm, I am so excited. I, uh, I've got tickets for the Springboks with some of my teammates and then mm. um, for Japan with, with the family, taking my wife and the, the older child who has been before. He was there in 2017, but he was 11 months old. So <laughs> this, is, this is the first year that he's kind of really got into being able to identify rugby and was like up pressed up against the tv during the lines going there's hoggy there's hoggy there's hoggy so, oh. <laughs> yeah he doesn't he doesn't know yet that we're taking him but uh, i'm really excited for that so. oh that's actually, gonna be amazing 
Uh, he's uh, he's joined uh, many rugby at our clubs uh, in the last few weeks, uh, and he insists on listening to uh, Flower of Scotland and then Loch Lomond every Sunday morning on the way to rugby training. And I oh, was wow. like, yeah, he's really into it. And I was like, I was actually like a little bit emotional on this Sunday just passed because we were listening to Loch Lomond, and it kind of hit me that this is the longest in my adult life that I've gone without being at a full Murrayfield sort of Scotland game. So. When we get there in November, we get there in November. It's going to hit me a bit, I think, because we would normally, uh, my wife and I would normally go to at least one Scotland game a year, um, and we've we've now not been for like over two years, probably. So, wow. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be big when we get back. I think I'm really yeah. excited. You mentioned the Flower of Scotland. There's that incredibly annoying bit of trivia that you probably, I'm sure, know. It's obviously not the actual national anthem of scotland because the national anthem of scotland is god save the queen correct yep <laughs> sorry did I, I didn't mean to like physically prickle when you said that but yeah that is correct <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was going for that's what i was going for so uh the day before halloween by the way are you a halloween guy at all do you do costume parties and that kind of stuff yeah we do not so much uh, recently it's kind of more for the kids now um, but yeah, we used to love a costume. In fact, um, I'm amazed you didn't manage to dig this out. In, uh, in Hall on Halloween 2015, uh, I went uh, out to a costume party dressed as Craig Joubert uh, with the uh, devil horns and a pitchfork and a little <laughs> pocket full of, <laughs> of Australian dollars that I drew, drew myself. So <laughs> if, I could, if I could dig out the picture, I'll send it to you. Oh, that's great. I love it. Uh, anyway, uh, so yes, the day before Halloween, Scotland are at home at Murrayfield to welcome Tonga. So they haven't faced Tonga at Murrayfield in 20 years. The last time was a 43 to 20 victory back in 2001. Um, the two teams have played elsewhere in Scotland since then. They split those two tests. I'm guessing you're, you're probably too young to have seen either the test in Kilmarnock or the one in Aberdeen, is that right? Do you have any recollection uh, of those tests? Yes, I do. I'm uh, older, older than I look. <laughs> um, so I, I do, I wasn't at either of them, but I do remember both of them. So. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, this matchup, much like all the other ones, is not going to be easy. And uh, I got to say, it looks like they really set themselves up for a really difficult path this year. Do you agree with that? Do you think that reflects uh, maybe a renewed confidence in the team? Yeah, I think so. Um, the Tonga one is outside the test window as well. So that's going to make it even harder. Because obviously, although there's no URC and... And the SRU do control all of the Scottish contracted players. So everyone who plays for Edinburgh and Glasgow is under an SRU contract. Uh, players who don't play in Scotland are not. So because that's not in the test window, uh, English and French teams under no obligation to release their players. <laughs> oh. So we'll be, going to the we'll be in the Tonga game with uh, oh. no Finn Russell, no Stuart Hogg, no Johnny Gray, no Adam Hastings, no Duhan van der Merva, no Rory Sutherland. Uh, oh, Jones. Okay. Anyone who doesn't play in Scotland, basically, we won't have in the team for that one. So, um, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. That could be. That could be big for Tonga. I'm sure they're going to send a, a very serious squad. Yeah. Uh, we've we've got quite a sort sort of decent connection with Tonga as well. There's been quite a few uh, Glasgow for a few Tongan players. So a lot of them, I think, will be excited to come back and have a wee look at the the Scotland team. Ah. So uh, the, the very next week, they are again back at Murrayfield. In fact, am I right that all four of these tests are going to be there? Yeah, it's Murrayfield for all four this, this year. So. And you, you mentioned going. So is, are there going to be full crowds there? They are aiming for it, yeah. So. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm beyond excited about that. 
Did you watch the first week of the Prem or do you not really pay attention? Uh, I caught bits and pieces. Um, seeing the, crowd, the, seeing the crowds back was really, was really something. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, right. So they're back at Murrayfield again um, on November 7th. They'll be taking on Australia. And if Australia win these next two tests against Argentina, they're going to be a team just loaded with confidence and probably rightly so. Is that right? How, how do you feel about yeah. looking ahead uh, of that match? I'm a lot less confident about that one than I was three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's not easy when you're Australia and you've been kind of on and off the international scene, obviously, with, with everything that's going on down there with you know, their travel restrictions are quite strict and things. And then the first thing that you do is three games against the All Blacks. It's difficult to look good. But to then go out and, and beat South Africa twice on the bounce and and looked a bit scary doing it as well, I think. I I wasn't feeling too too nervous about Australia in the summer, but I'm now a little bit like, ooh. <laughs> we yeah, spanked I, them as well last time they were at Murrayfield, so they're not going to be, they're going to be coming looking to get, get one back. I could have sworn... Uh... Like after the French series that Australia had, it really felt like they were like patting themselves on the back and saying, "Oh yeah, we we did it. We're so great." And I was thinking that was like the C squad you guys just beat. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't get too excited. So I was shocked by the Springboks results for sure. Yeah, you've got some some serious um, fairly interesting talent. I mean, Taniela Tupu is uh, one of my favorite players in the world. There was. On Saturday morning, there was absolutely no need at all for him to do that little back the little, the the little side, but Oh, it was incredible. I'm convinced that was him saying, hey, Bodie Barrett, look what I got. Yep. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Any prop who does that should be buying all the drinks for the rest of the tour as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but it was awesome. Though. I mean, yeah, the comms were like, well, that was a little <laughs> bit risky. <laughs> uh, so... The very next week, the road is again going to be a tough one with these Springboks coming to town. Uh, they're probably going to have a bit of attitude, uh, depending on how the rest of the rugby championship you know, plays out. Historically, the Springboks have pretty much owned Scotland. I, I think the, the record is that they've won 22 out of 27 matches, and 14 of those wins were in Scotland. So how, do you, uh, how are you looking forward to this one? Um, that's the first one that I'm going to. I'm, I'm going with a couple of teammates, so that's going to be a fairly messy day. So uh, overall, very much looking forward to it. Um, I think it will probably be the less, the least entertaining of the four games. Just, you know, obviously the Springboks style. Although Australia showed a little bit of the weekend that actually you can kind of get get under their skin and rip them up a little bit. They don't allow for a lot of expressive rugby, which is obviously the most when Scotland are their most exciting. Mm. So, um, I can see it being quite a dull game, but I can see it being fairly, you know, exciting anyway. Well, we got we only got that sort of little glimpse of Finn for the in the Lions series, and of course, as soon as we saw that, it's like more and more and more. So this might be a chance for some more Finn against the box. That could be pretty exciting. Yeah, maybe he's yeah, the key that unlocks that. I hope so. He'll be uh, he'll be very excited for that one. I think he'll be bang up for it. So, so in the the final test of this uh, autumn series, and I'm going to caution people against thinking this is going to be much easier because uh, you know. There's going to be a very contrasting style to what they're used to. Uh, I think this could be a banana field for Scotland. Uh, the Brave Blossoms are going to be arriving from Japan. It's hard to know much about the state of their national team right now, but what are your thoughts? Obviously, you mentioned you're going. Uh, do you think our players are going to make the mistake of relaxing a little bit after the, the prior three tests? I hope not. Um, I fully expect Japan to have had this one circled in their calendar for quite a long time. 
obviously they beat us in the World Cup and, and beat Ireland as well. So they want to come out and, and prove that what they did in the World Cup wasn't just a home World Cup fluke. I think they want to come out and show that actually they are that level of team all the time. Um, I saw them at Murrayfield against the Lions back in June. And oh, they wow. were, it was, yeah, it was great. Um, and they were the Japan that, that everyone expects in that game. So hopefully Scotland are, are smart enough to look at it and, and think that, you know, A, you know what Japan are going to throw at you and B, this will be the game this year that Japan wants to win. So we need to be ready for that. Well, that last game, the it might happen, it might not happen, we're threatening to sue game in the World Cup, that, that sucked. That was, that was just... Yes, that was, <laughs> it was, absolutely did. You are correct. One of the most painful games I've watched with them. I feel like then last year in Six Nations when we had the, uh, the rescheduled game against France, which should have been a forfeit, and then we had to reschedule it and play it and then came out and won, that felt like redemption for that, that time in, in Japan. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely, because, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. We, we did kind of get a little bit hard done by, I think, on that one and, and having to play it. And then, obviously, all the stuff that was going on with the Premiership, where, again, that was outside the window. So we didn't know who was going to get to play, who was going to get released. And then they eventually ended up the Premiership, said we could have five players. Oh, yeah. Oh, that nonsense. I forgot about that. dumped out the squad and stuff. Um, It was pretty rough. Was it Hastings who kind of got screwed out of that? Yeah. uh, Yeah, he was kind of the main one. And I think, obviously, it was just purely because, you know, having having Josh Bayless rather than Adam Hastings as one of your five English players, on paper makes no sense, but that was a position where we needed somebody in, whereas with Adam, we had a decent kind of few choices inside Scotland, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, I felt I felt bad for Adam. I thought he deserved better, but it was out of our hands and out of his hands, so it was yeah. good to go out and win after all that. I'm keen to see him this year. I'm hoping to see him, you know, with a, a sort of full bounce back, too, from all of that potential nastiness. Yeah, so- and he, he did really well for Glasgow in summer before, obviously, he's now going down south. Um, but he was he was great for Glasgow at our, our sort of last few friendly games and Rainbow Six sort of he was fantastic so none of, those, again. none of those friendlies are ever available here it's really annoying every every now and then like around this time of year I start hearing oh uh, Glasgow looked pretty good last weekend and I'm like what? Uh, they're, what they're barely available here I wouldn't worry about it we had to um, so the the Worcester game Battle of the Warriors it was or Clash of the Warriors whatever ah. you called it uh, <laughs> last weekend Um it was only available to stream if you were a member of the Warrior Nation fan club. They sent out a private link for everybody. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, even here, they're difficult to see. Oh, dang. Okay, it is prediction time, and I know it's way away, and we don't even know what these squads will look like, but nevertheless, predictions are fun, and people seem to like them. So um, <laughs> give me your final score for Scotland versus Tonga. Uh, Scotland 45, Tonga 17. I'm hoping that's going to be exciting. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of points in that one. Well, like you said, yeah, I, I, so. I hadn't really realized that about the potential for an, an academy kind of side, though. So I guess we'll, we'll find out. Maybe this will be the day when it's like, hey, we see the whole next generation of players that we're going to get. Yeah, count. we should, um, for that one, we should almost certainly see Ross Thompson, I would think, starting at 10. And he's, uh, he's really good. Um, yeah. That'll be exciting. Um, so. The following week, we will be playing Australia. What's your final score for that one? Uh, Australia 22, Scotland 15. Ooh. Just, just trying to throw in a realistic one there. Yeah. 
I, I honestly don't know what to make of the Australians. I, I, I'm, so, I'm so shocked, but I, I think these next two tests against Argentina are going to be the, you know, are they real or are they fake kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, if Argentina look as easy as the All Blacks did, then we'll know. Yeah. So um, then, are Scotland going to be able to beat South Africa? What's the final score going to be there? Yeah, Scotland 15, South Africa 12. Oh, yeah. That's, that sounds very realistic to me, especially the way South Africa <laughs> t- tend to play. And then finally, so the test against Japan. Japan have only beaten Scotland, Scotland once, but it was the most recent test. So do Scotland get back on track and get another win here? Uh, yeah, uh, Scotland 24, Japan 19. Ooh, that would be exciting. That would be a great game for you to be at too, right? Yeah, I think it'll be a good one. That, that's probably going to be the best one of the autumn, I think. I'm really keen to see the Brave Blossoms again too. It does feel like it's been forever. But So Johnny, this has just been so great. So before I let you go, is there anything else you wanted to add? Anything that you've been thinking about? Uh, anything you want to plug at all? Uh, and of course, I'll be adding all the relevant info to the show notes. Yeah, of course. Uh, obviously, anyone who doesn't already listen to our pod, uh, it's, it's usually worth checking out. We do, uh, we do two hours a week. We do an hour of the public pod, which is a family-friendly one. And then if you subscribe to the Patreon, then the second hour is a bit swearier and um, tends to get a bit looser. <laughs> um, oh, and, and I hear you recently interviewed Finn Russell, so that must have been pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I was off that day, sadly. So. Ah. <laughs> um, and then if, if, you, if you do like the concept of a, a looser, swearier pod, um, I've helped out a few times as well on the Rock and Roll podcast, which is always really good fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I only recently but, discovered that. Yeah, anyone who doesn't listen to both of those, it, uh, they're both they're both worth a listen. And the, the nice thing about rock and roll is I'm only on once every couple of months. So if you don't like listening to me, you'll still enjoy it. <laughs> well, the, the biggest compliment I've gotten on my pod was, it's nice that it's pretty short. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought, thanks. Okay. Note to self. <laughs> Note to self. Don't talk too much. <laughs> so, Johnny, thank you again so much for coming on the Scrum of the Earth. It's been awesome. Listeners, be sure to check out his podcast. Follow him on Twitter. Oh, and of course, once you listen to the pod, give them a five-star review. It's the best way to show your appreciation apart from financially on Patreon. Um, Johnny, have a great opening weekend of the URC. I'm really excited for it. Uh, maybe we'll catch up again before the Tonga match. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'd love to. Um, enjoy, enjoy the URC. Hopefully you can get all that. Um, fingers crossed. It certainly looks like it's going to be publicized and shown pretty well so hope you get to enjoy it all and yeah I'd, lo- I'd love to come back once the internationals get underway and we'll see how far off my predictions were that's so great thanks so much for coming i really appreciate it and i will talk to you soon okay that does it for this bonus app Thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun for me. Uh, please, please reach out with your questions, your ideas. I'm always at of Scrum. You can always email me via the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. Please get in touch. It's always great to hear from you. If you want to help spread this pod to other rugby fans, please share, share, share. And if you could bring yourself to leave me a nice review, I'd be very grateful for that for sure. So as always, thank you for listening. Thanks for coming along with me. Cheers. Talk to you soon and be well. It gives me great pleasure to be here today. Oh, that was neat. <laughs>